Hey everyone, welcome to Lead with Worship, a worship podcast from the team at Saddleback Church. My name is John Cassetto, and I have the honor of serving as the global worship pastor at Saddleback Church. On this podcast, you'll hear from world-class artists, creatives, and special guests as we uncover the heart and purpose of worship. Throughout our time together, our prayer is that you would be encouraged, inspired, and challenged in your own creative journey and worship leadership. In our episode today, we wanted to set the table for what this podcast is going to be. You'll hear from my wife Stephanie and I as we sit down with Taylor Williams, a worship leader on our team. Stephanie and I dive into some of our ministry story and the heart behind this worship podcast. We're excited to have you on the journey with us, so let's just dive right in. Well, hey everyone, welcome to the Lead with Worship podcast. Like John said, my name is Taylor and I've been on the team with us for a few years now um, with Saddleback Worship in a variety of roles. I, I was in, I started here as an intern a few years ago, and then I was a campus worship leader, and now I'm with our campus support team at Saddleback Worship and get to help out at a variety of our campuses with different things and resourcing. And so I've seen John and Steph's leadership from a variety of different angles, and it's an honor to be sitting down with them mm-hmm. again today. Hey, guys, how, how's it going? It's great to be hey, here. Taylor. Good to see you, man. Absolutely. Good to see you guys. Well, I know that today we're going to talk... Um, a little bit about vision and the future of Saddleback Worship and what you guys have been sensing from the Lord as far as that goes. And we're going to talk some about why we're even starting a podcast in the first place, why we're even setting the table for this, this resource for our campuses and for yeah. um, just any churches that would, that would find their way to this space. We're going to talk about some of that. Yeah. But before we dive into that, um, I know that you guys have been leading worship teams at such a large scale in the past decade at Saddleback Church. I mean, yeah. 18 campuses, four different continents, but mm-hmm. I would love for people to hear, and I'd, I would love to hear, what were, what were the first worship teams you were on ever oh, like yeah, growing yeah. up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. First worship teams ever? Yeah. Well, I think, well, first of all, thanks, Taylor. We're excited about this podcast, and we really hope it, you know, it, it blesses our team, but also anybody who would be found listening to it. You know, Steph and I were church kids. We grew up in the local church. Our parents were super involved in local church. Steph was in Kansas City area, and I was in Illinois, uh, just, you know, a little bit outside of the Chicagoland area. And uh, we were just raised in church. And whether it was kids' choirs or youth groups or Sunday school and vacation Bible school, uh, we were just raised in church. Steph's mom, actually, she was a, a worship leader. Yeah, my mom was the worship leader at our church all growing up, I was in the sh- Sunshine Choir. Shout out to the Sunshine <laughs> Choir. Wow. Um, and I always loved it. You know, I think there are some kids who, my dad was a pastor, and so I was a pastor's kid. And I think there are some pastor's kids who like to distance themselves from maybe being in the church building. But for me, it was like, I loved it. I, mm. I was one of those front yeah. row kids. Every time the doors mm. were open, um, I was there. And, and I found myself often, you know, in worship settings because of, um, just my proximity to my mom being the worship leader at our church. Yeah. And so choirs um, on the worship team with her, I loved it every yeah. minute. <laughs> and, and same with me. My parents, my dad was a Sunday school teacher. My mom played piano and the organ. My mom led wow. the kids' choirs. And so we just grew up around worship. Now, obviously, this was the 80s, and so it was different then. But I remember when our church brought drums into the church mm-hmm. and guitar and all sorts of different instruments instead of just the piano and the organ. 
And then actually, Steph and I met in college. We went to Bible college uh, in central Illinois, a great school called Lincoln Christian University, mm-hmm. and that's where we met. Uh, Steph was studying worship leadership. I was studying p- preaching, actually. Yeah. I wanted to spend time in God's Word, so I spent my time in college studying Greek and Hebrew and wow. homiletics and all sorts of things that were just so formational. And But even in college, we were both involved with worship teams. Yeah, we did uh, the big choir there, chorale, mm-hmm. and we did travel teams teams during the summer. Mm -hmm. So we'd go out to church camps and Mm -hmm. um, churches. And again, it was just those, it's very different these days, I think, in terms of those kind of opportunities. Um, But because we got to be on the inside of many different churches, I think God used those moments um, even then to to kind of fuel our hearts um, for the local church. We've we've seen everything from, you know, pews and chandeliers to, you know, just, (laughs) and we love it all. It's, you know, um, it shaped us from an early age. Yeah, I think it definitely, we got to see a lot of mm-hmm. the local church in those days. And yeah, I mean, has it all been perfect? No. And does sure. it all make a lot of sense? Not necessarily, but I think it did really instill something in us that's that we still have, which is a belief that God does still do special things mm-hmm. in the context of the church, yeah. the local church, really yes. in submission to one another. You know, my parents have been part of the same local church for 50 years now. Wow. So I was born in that church. They're still at that church. And they have seen so much. They've seen so much transition and so many changes over the years, but they're still firmly planted there. And mm. They're still dear friends with people who are still in the church that have walked the the journey of faith and life and kids and marriages and death and yeah. funerals and trauma, all those things over the decades. And I guess Steph and I have always seen that in our families and said, you know what, we want to build that too. We mm-hmm. want to create those spaces, specifically in worship teams, um, um, yeah. but also just in church. We're just church people. We love being a part of the church. We raise our kids in the church. Um, yeah. And and I don't just mean in the building. I mean with the church, with right. the people of the church. And Taylor, you know that. You and yeah. you and your wife, Cass. I mean, our our kids love you guys mm-hmm. and look up to you guys. And same with our whole team. And so it's it's just always been a part of who we've wanted to be as family and wanted to make sure we were always not just attending church, but really building church and contributing. Yeah, That's I love nice. that. So resonant with that, just yep. being being a church kid myself of just growing up in the house of the Lord and yep. just being so exposed to that yep. and just falling in love with it, you know, mm-hmm. and sticking with it. And so you guys ended up in Bible college and you went straight yeah. from there to New Hampshire? Yeah, so happened? I went to New We graduated the same year, 1997. Woo-hoo. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Seven. Wow. We're coming up on 25 years out of college. Wow. That's crazy. Um, Yeah, I went to New Hampshire. Steph went to a suburb of Chicago in Indiana. Yeah, I was actually a worship leader at a a church plant um, Mm -hmm. in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And um, just northwest Indiana. Northwest Indiana. Man, I should have known. I shouldn't have used directions. (laughs) 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 Um, But I did that for a year and really enjoyed it. Again, it was another look. I had never been a part of a a church plant. And so the whole loading in and loading out each and every week, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I like knowing that I've had that experience kind of in my back pocket. But yeah, yes. yeah it's a great team. I went straight to Manchester, New Hampshire, and got to um, just be a part of something really remarkable and special. And then a couple of years later, Steph and I got married, and she moved out at that point. And mm. I was a part of that church for 14 years. Yeah. And wow. we saw a church 
just ablaze with a love for God and a fresh creativity and a fresh desire to worship him in um, really sweet and holistic ways Mm -hmm. uh, in our weekend services, but also just throughout the week. And, and it was just a real honor to be a part of that team and uh, for that time for sure. And we saw God's hand of blessing just grow that church remarkably, Mm -hmm. um, especially for New Hampshire. I mean, it was just such a really sweet season and we love, we love that church still. We love that season. We love the state of New Hampshire. We love that we got (laughs) to be a part of that. Yeah. New England for sure. And there was just people there that, that just showed us so much, that taught us so much, and that we still draw on things that, you know, man, we, we just cut our teeth in that season on what ministry really looks like. And the people that were showing us that in that season, they're not the people that are ever going to have a book deal. They're not the people you're ever going to hear on a podcast necessarily. Sure. But gosh, they're just, they've shaped us, they've changed us, they've informed everything about mm. our faith, our style, our family, and just everything. And they're just great people who had their sights set on Jesus. Yeah, we, you know, I don't think we knew what, what was, what God was forming in us while we were there, maybe, maybe mm. a few years in, but definitely out of that season, because like John said, we draw from it on a daily basis. And um, so much, just a deep well of um, ministry experience. And we were being led by, you know, I would say now just like spiritual heroes. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. there were people that just poured into us in ways Mm -hmm. um, that we didn't even know God was was doing that, you know, just being living and being the church um, Mm -hmm. in this little small, small place in the map. Steph's already crying. I'm already crying. (laughs) There's no camera in here. It was really a tender space. You know, I remember, Taylor, I did an internship out there, um, and it was really, really great. And I remember on my internship, so it was my senior year of college, actually, at this really great church in Manchester, New Hampshire. And I remember it was like two months into my internship, and... I was a preaching intern, so it really mm-hmm. wasn't a worship intern. I was meant to to preach every month, and I did that. And But along the way, we had just kind of developed a worship team out of students, and uh, it was really cool. It was a really great season. And I remember one night, it was like um, the student band that I was leading was going to lead worship the next morning, and it was really great. We had some great rehearsals and had done some really fun things. And I remember setting the stage, like just making sure everything was plugged in for Mm -hmm. the next morning. It was a Saturday night for the next morning. And it was just me in the church building. And I remember um, just sitting on the edge of the stage and just having a conversation with God that said, you know what, God, if if I could do this the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. it would really be my honor. Mm -hmm. It would be my joy. It would be my honor to be able to set up the church use my one and only life to encourage others to use their gifts, to create space for people to respond to you. It would just be my greatest joy if you would let me do this. Um, And I wasn't sure if he was going to. I wasn't sure if that was the plan or whatever. But I remember that moment of like, man, I think I would really like to do this with my life. And uh, that just kind of began this journey of us being able to serve in the local church and and be a part of creating space. You know, we talk about building teams and everything, but it's really just about creating space, setting a table that says there's room here. There's yeah. a spot for you. Whatever you play, whatever you want to play, whatever you sing, uh, whatever your skills are, of course, we're looking uh, and we want 
people who are gifted and, and shaped this way to serve. Um, but it's been a really sweet journey. And we, we were there for 14 years and we watched our little team grow to be a larger team and built buildings and created spaces. And yeah, I would say that maybe just anyone who, who is starting out in ministry, um, I think it's sometimes easy to see the, the, the larger church or the big church and everything, all the resources that a larger church can have and all the positions that mm-hmm. are available at a larger church. And I just think back to our start, um, you know, again, it was a small church and I I had no idea the trajectory or, you know, where God was going to take us. But like John said, it was our joy just to be able to do this yeah. day in and day out. Yeah. And someone just this past weekend asked me, they heard me singing in the green room, just like humming to Judah or something like that. And they're like, do you sing? And I was like, I, I used to sing like every weekend. I was, yeah. I was leading worship every weekend. Yeah. And then I found my, my way to programming and production and wearing a clear calm and all of that. But that's not how it started. You know, it started with, you know, just picking up a mic and doing a simple act of, of, you know, leading worship each and every week. But I was going to say, we had leaders that opened the doors for us to be able to do that. We had leaders that were older and further down the road um, than us in ministry. And they, they were like, okay, do it, build it. And so, yeah. you know, when I sit across from you right now, I'm like, yep. <laughs> you know, it's it gives us so much joy to see young leaders, you know, stepping out in ministry, stepping out in their call to serve God and be able to do it, you know, how it fits their shape best. Yeah. Wow. Gosh, I feel like I just I get so emotional thinking about that and hearing your guys' story of like someone just invited you along, yeah. you know, and gave you space to yeah. to dream it and dream what the Lord could do with the space, you know, yeah. and how people could encounter him in a new way mm-hmm. or for the first time, yeah. you know? And I think about like 14 years, that's no short of amount of time, yeah. you know? So you talk about the well of relationships and just get the people and your spiritual heroes that were there. That couldn't have been an easy transition, easy mm-hmm. to uproot and come to no. Saddleback. So what was that like? What sort of memories yeah. are around that, that well, change? I, I was going to say to you, too, about just kind of going back to that invitation. Uh, as we were young, we had no experience. Uh, we were still learning. Um, but um, I remember just our our leaders, our mentors, just, being, just saying to us things like, um, I think you're really good at this. <laughs> I think you're good at leading worship. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. I think you're good at building a team. And, you know, just people who you respected saying that to you is kind of gave you permission to be good at it, gave you permission yeah. to like, okay, then I want to do more of that. Mm-hmm. And so we did and we tried and we failed and we succeeded. And there along the way, there ended up being more victories than failures. And uh, that was really fun just because a previous generation said, you know what I think you're good at? You know what I think you could do? And, uh, and that really spoke a lot to us. So, yeah, so wow. there's that. But then the transition season, you might want to talk. Yeah, I mean, that. like you said, it, it wasn't an easy one. Um, you know, one of the things that we recognized as we were beginning that transition is that we had planted really deep roots hmm. um, in, in New England, in New Hampshire. And um, when you plant deep roots, it hurts a lot to pull those roots up mm-hmm. and then and then start over again somewhere. But we made the commitment when we moved here to plant deep roots again, whether we'd be here for a week, whether we'd be here for, you know, six months, whether we'd be here for, you know, 11 years or yeah. whatever it is now. Uh, 
that we will plant deep roots because it's worth it. And so what we found in that was, you know, all those relational wells, all those, all those years of, you know, um, planting and it, it creates this beautiful community. Um, but again, I don't, I think if we wouldn't have planted those deep roots, then we wouldn't have the experiences that we have yeah. and, mm-hmm. and able to build what we have started mm-hmm. here. Um, but yeah, it was painful, but I, I, I think we have just listened closely to the call of God, um, mm-hmm. and his voice wherever we can. Yeah. And when he yeah. said, go, <laughs> yeah. Well, even that, even even what you're sharing, some good friends of ours, Rick and Jenny, who were just a little bit older than us, a a little bit further in the journey, um, they're the ones who told us that. They're the Mm -hmm. ones who said, you know what, if God has you here in New Hampshire for a year or a decade or longer or a Mm -hmm. lifetime, send those roots deep into the soil, like relationally, socially, emotionally, spiritually, like just... Dig deep, build family, and they they told us they said it will be hard whenever the Lord ever calls you to leave, mm-hmm. um, to pull those up. But there's no other way to live. That's yeah. the way to live is to go neck deep in in your community. And uh, quite frankly, I I don't know what we ever expected, but I never knew that we would spend 14 years there. And then there came a point where I never thought we'd leave. And then the Lord did call us. It was a season of transition at that church. Yep. There was some really exciting transitions happening. And the Lord was just, you know, turning the winds. Like there was a lot of, wind of winds of change happening. And in that, he was calling us to Saddleback. And we kind of um, neglected that for a while, kind of pushed it away. And because it was a scary transition across the country, mm-hmm. we didn't have any family here, stuff like that. And then once we did it, there was just kind of a sense of, I think this is exactly where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But I will say we did, when we first came here, my position was different. I was on a different team. And um, it's what the Lord used to get us out here. But within a year, he ended up transitioning us into this role as huh. you know, co-leading and shepherding this ministry of Saddleback Worship and um, really creating something um across all of our expressions, all of our Saddleback uh, expressions all over the world that's united and aligned to the purposes of God and really championing worship in our weekend services, but also outside of the weekend services. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I think about that. You've been, so now fast forward a little bit, you've been at Saddleback 10 years Mm -hmm. now, like Mm -hmm. uh, 10 years, can't believe it. And I've I've seen... just being on staff here, I see the fruit of what you guys have built and how you've dug your roots deep here mm-hmm. too, and you've poured yourself out for the local church here. Mm-hmm. And so anyone who's experienced Saddleback on a weekend or at a conference mm-hmm. or just online, like in the past 10 years, you've, you've reaped the fruit of, of John and Steph's oh. ministry and what they've, what they've built kind. here. And so looking at that and where we are just globally as a church, I feel like there's, we're in such of a transition period too. And so I'd be curious, what do you guys see is next? For saddleback worship, what do you think is next in down the road, and what God's calling us to? to? Well, I think a lot of ideas come to mind, but I think the thing that really comes to mind is the things that I think you know we get a lot of stuff wrong along the way, and we get some things right. Mm -hmm. And I think Steph and I have a relentless commitment to stay connected to the vine. Hmm. You know, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And apart from me, you can, you cannot bear fruit. And so hmm. 
we want to stay connected to the vine of Jesus Christ. We want to lead a team that wherever he would take us, if there's new campuses, more campuses, less campuses, more albums, more teams, more whatever, it, that, that stuff is going to, that's up to the Lord. I think he's asking us to just be faithful. Mm. And so in terms of what's next, I pray and I pray that's what that what's next for us is more faithfulness as a team. Mm. That yeah. that we are more rooted in Christ, that we are more in scripture, that we are more connected in community and in fellowship, that we are more expressing our worship um, mm. off the platform than we are on the platform and that we're really growing in in faithfulness and I do think the fruit will come, right? Yeah. The fruitfulness will follow mm-hmm. the faithfulness. And I feel like we see a lot around us where people are, find, you know, chasing fruitfulness. And I, and, and I, maybe that's okay. I don't know. And <laughs> it feels like we're called to be faithful. Yeah. In whatever He gives us, you know, I think we were faithful uh, to something really special uh, in New Hampshire, and then He He gave us a little more in that season of New Hampshire and trusted us with, with a little more team and so on and so on. And, yeah. and I think we've seen that here at Saddleback as well. That we just want to keep our our just our our sails set in God's direction. Let the Spirit show us. But we've got to we've got to develop those disciplines to hear Him. That's what I want for our team. That's what I want for what's next with our team and with yeah. our church and, and and our teams all over the world. And and I know our teammates uh, will be listening to this. And that's what I would pray first and foremost before we talk about like here's what's next for us, like, ooh, the songs we're writing or um, the things we're designing or um, the equipment we're, we're learning to use or the stage designs we're doing or the Christmas services. Like, those are all yeah. super fun, and we love going out and outworking all those plans. But first and foremost, I pray that that's all an overflow of a heart that's, you know, that's bent good. towards heaven. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what do, what do you think so? I, I mean, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I was was thinking that, you know, John and I have this practice or this thing that we say to each other, you know, yearly or I don't know, even mm-hmm. if it's a couple times a year, where we just are like, we say we just put everything out on the table and mm-hmm. we just lay it all out there, whether it's where the kids go to school or our ministry or even like aspects of the ministry, lay it all out there. And and what does God want us to pick back up again? And mm-hmm. I think the, the whole idea of being able to steward um, what faithfully what he puts in your hands, you know, if it's something small, um, if something big, whatever it is, steward that well. And I think God just blesses that. I think yeah. God. And so, like he said, being able with our team to be faithful in the little things, be faithful with stewarding the little things, mm-hmm. and just to trust that he's got something um, in store for us down the road. Yeah. I mean, we're, I think like most churches, um, uh, I know there's a couple exceptions, but I think like most churches, here we are in this um pandemic season, right? Yeah. And we're 18, 19, 20, 21. I don't even know if it feels like it's been three years. I don't know how long <laughs> it's been. But we're we're still in this and there's still some uncertainties. And so we're in a rebuilding season. We're yeah. rebuilding all the things because you know, Pastor Rick, our pastor, was was just telling us like we, we there's so much about our church we don't know right now, and it's okay. Yeah, we just need to listen to what God's doing. We need to love the people that are trusted to us, the ones that are here, and then let's see what God has for us as we rebuild. And so that's what I think is this season is all about for us, Taylor. Is like we just want to rebuild, but. We don't want to rebuild what we used to have hmm. because there was, I, I believe, you know, in this season that it's n- 
God God wants something new in it. And so we're trying as as the prophetic witness in this house and the worship leaders and people who are often trying to point the direction towards something new and something beautiful. What is the new thing God's doing in this season? And I'm not talking just about new music or again, new designs or whatever. Like who are the new people that we are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like our communities are changed. Our appetites are different for what we want. What we wanted before quarantine is different than what we want now. And so just trying to ask the Lord, like, what do we, not just what do we want, what do our people want? What's the best things for our people in this season? How can we equip them to be worshipers in this season? Because I'm not sure it's the same thing as it was uh, back in early 2020 before all of this began. Yeah, I love that you guys touched on a couple things, like faithfulness and then looking for the new. Like, mm-hmm. what is the new thing that God is doing? I think about just so many, I have lots of friends around the country who are worship leaders and just mm-hmm. everyday local churches, mm-hmm. you know, and and some of them are lead pastors in a different context. And I know that it's just been, it's been such a trying last 18 yeah. months mm-hmm. or so for so many yeah. of them and coming out of the other side weary. And so I think the call like in that, just to stay faithful, yeah. you know, well, to those where are God our has heroes. asked you to be. Yeah. Those women and men that you're speaking of, those are our actual heroes. Yes. And those are the people we resonate with so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just, we echo that and just say thank you to them and to, for what they're building so faithfully. Um, the seen and the unseen, right? So much yeah. is unseen. Mm-hmm. I think about that moment I, I told you about New Hampshire where every Saturday night I'd go and, you know, set the stage up, make sure everything was tidy, run the vacuum and yes. set the chairs up nice, make sure everything was in order and all of that. Nobody saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. saw that. But good news, God saw every bit of it, right? Mm-hmm. God yes. saw all the moments that you lay in bed just wondering and dreaming and thinking and planning. He sees all of that. He sees all that behind the scenes stuff. And so... We just, I don't know, to anybody listening that might be in that that season too of like, okay, what's rebuild look like? Just know that we're with you in that, that yeah. we're, we're sorting it out and figuring it out. And we'd love to hear from you too, yeah. and like in ways that you're seeing. When we circle up and happen. pray as a team before our services on the weekends, and sometimes, you know, we reference that there are churches all over the world, you yep. know, getting ready to do this thing yeah. now. And so we're standing shoulder to shoulder with them. Yeah. It's people like your friends uh, who I picture in my head, you mm-hmm. know, like when I think about um, just places across the country, places in the Midwest, you know, shoulder to shoulder with yeah. with ministry leaders mm-hmm. everywhere, um, yeah. creating mm-hmm. space for people to come to know Jesus. Yeah, Steph's crying again. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We love the house of God. What can we say? We, we do, love it. We, we love do. it. Every minute of yeah, it. Yeah. And you know what? And, and whether they look like us or not, you yeah. know, whether they're, you know, d- whatever denomination or non-denomination, whatever their expressions yes. of worship are or not, we take great joy knowing we're not the only ones doing it. And uh, that we take a courage, especially in this season, like, okay, there's all sorts of opinions out there these days, right? About <laughs> church yeah, and, sure. and all of that. And it's like, well, we're not the only ones doing it. And like you, Tay, we've got friends everywhere that can that keep us full of courage to mm-hmm. say it is still worth it. It's yes. still important to create these spaces, whether they're online or in person or whatever. Big environments, small environments, offstage environments, onstage environments, and really trying to just do our best to to create that. Yeah. So worth yeah. it. Yeah. It's so worth it. Absolutely worth it. And I think about that too. And the new thing that God is doing here, mm. um, 
Gosh. So why a podcast, John? Like, mm. and why why podcast? Well, I was going to ask you, Tay, why a podcast? Yeah. No, <laughs> why are we doing this? I just, I don't know. I feel like, um, I shouldn't say I don't know. Of course I know. I, I think the Lord is doing something within our team. I think the Lord has built something really special and unique, not perfect. We're still being fashioned. Yeah. We're still being changed. Um, but there's something beautiful that's been happening. And um, there's a, a strength in our diversity as a team. Mm. There's a strength that has emerged even in our lack of proximity through through this pandemic. And we have yeah. teammates all over the world. Um, we're grateful for our international campuses in Hong Kong, Berlin, Buenos Aires, um, Santa Rosa in the Philippines, and then lots of our uh, locations here in Southern California, um, that God has done something. And it feels like we wanted a tool to keep our team connected, but also to give anybody who wants to listen kind of a window into what we're learning mm. and where God's leading us as a team uh, in this season. Um, I, I remember... In our New Hampshire days, like, man, I would have given a lot to listen to churches that were maybe just a few a few steps ahead of us on the journey in yeah. terms of they've sorted out some things that we were sorting out, or maybe we didn't have the the, the team to, mm-hmm. to, to support and figure that out. I would have given a lot to listen, like, hey, what's going on at that church and what are they doing? So just, just trying to give a window into what God's doing and what he's learning, yeah. so, what, what we're learning from him. Absolutely. I think like one of the things when we were talking about just this idea of launching this platform and what I got excited about, John, some of my story at Saddleback is I was a former campus worship leader. And so just in a mobile campus, kind of like how Steph started out, like just building team, you know, shepherding team. And I thought, man, like I get to be around um, more than like my volunteers and stuff, leaders like John and Steph and leaders like some of our Mm -hmm. other worship leaders and to get encouraged and inspired by them and just thought, man, like what if there was a space for that? where people could hear what God is doing in our house. And like like you said, John, like where he's leading yeah. us and how we're yeah. learning. And and we thought, man, if we need to hear from each other and be yeah. encouraged by each yeah. other, maybe other churches need it too. That's good, Taylor. You yeah. know? And so I'm I'm excited just to hear from the people who are on the other side yeah. of this and who are listening. Well, we're well I love you. the title too, Lead with Worship. The yes. whole point with that is um, – you know, as worship leaders, sometimes we're so tempted to start with a microphone, start with a cue sheet, start with planning center, start with all sorts mm-hmm. of tools. But really, as the lead worshipers in our house, which is a phrase we use at Saddleback, we're not mm-hmm. just the worship leaders, we're the lead worshipers. We want to start everything with worship, mm-hmm. our own individual worship, our corporate worship. We want to lead with worship. Yeah. We want to let that be our first choice. You know, we had during the pandemic, we did the worship over worry mm-hmm. uh, initiative, where it's like, man, there was a lot of temptation um, to worry and to be hmm. fearful when there was in those early days where there was a lot of uncertainty. And we just declared we're going to choose worship over worry. And uh, I feel the same with this podcast. We want to lead with worship. And what does that mean as, as leaders in the house of God under this umbrella of worship teams? And to be honest, Taylor, and we've talked a lot about this stuff, like worship team culture has become its own thing in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's been really fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, um, <laughs> we struggle with it. Mm-hmm. We struggle with what that means and what that looks like when ultimately all we want to do is be lead worshipers. Yeah. 
And I don't know that that comes with a wardrobe mandate or right. an Instagram profile or certain certain yeah. cultural things that feel like part of the the role these days. I don't see a lot of that in scripture. And so we're just trying to constantly turn us towards 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 what God would have for our yeah. worship teams as we lead with worship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's good. That's good. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. If you had one more thought or one more encouragement just to give people as they're listening to this, as maybe the average worship pastor yeah. goes through their week, you yeah. know, as the average volunteer, you know, gets ready for another week of serving their local church, what would you have to say to them? Just a parting word. Well, I think one of the things we've said over the years to various teams is you're not crazy. You're not crazy for the long hours. You're not crazy for, you know, um, the things that you have to to work through. You're not crazy for the the PCO mm-hmm. requests. It, you're not crazy for saying yes to that. You know, yeah. God has um, a plan for you, and He's using you right where you are. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I think it's easy to get our eyes set on something down the road, but He's using you. He has you right where you are for a reason yeah. um, and for a purpose. And um, you're not crazy for sticking it out and, yeah, and sticking with us. And we stuff. love you. We we love the musicians and the artists and the worship leaders and the production people. Um, those are our people, and we love you guys a lot. Yeah. I would just – I agree 100% with all of that. And I would just say, you know, you mentioned like what we say to the average worship leader. I would say we're the average worship leader. Right. <laughs> Whatever that yes. means. Like we're just yes. we're just figuring it out. We're just waking up every morning trying to figure out how to join God and what he's doing, how to serve alongside our senior pastor and our teammates to create a space for people um, who are far from God to come into a relationship with him and to respond to him with worship. And so we're with you. You, heart and soul. Mm. We're with you, heart and soul, in this trying to figure it out. And um, when we kind of scan uh, our social media platforms, when we when we scan the earth, we look at people like you. Mm-hmm. We look at worship leaders and production directors and door holders and pro presenter clickers and singers and dancers and artists. And we just say, man, those are our people and they're not giving up. So we're not going to give up and mm-hmm. we're going to keep going to, we're going to pour into this weekend. We're going to pour into our team and ourselves to just be all we can be to be the lead worshipers in the house of God. Amen. Amen. John, Steph, thank you so much for sharing your time with us yeah. today and encouraging us. We'll see you guys next time. All right. Thanks, awesome. Taylor. Thanks guys. Well, I hope that conversation was helpful and encouraged you today. You know, you can stay connected with us in a few different ways. First of all, stay up to date with Saddleback Worship's original music wherever you stream your music. Also, we'd love to hear from you. We love to hear your questions, episode ideas, and ways we can serve you. You can email us at leadwithworship at saddleback.com. Again, that's just leadwithworship at saddleback.com. Lastly, this podcast is just one of the many podcasts produced by Saddleback Church. We have the Doable Discipleship Podcast, The Well, and more. So be sure to check out those links in the show notes. We're so glad we got to spend some time with you today, and we'll see you next time on Lead with Worship.